Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Scott of Denver Seminary. What are the challenges we face in today's church and culture in a postmodern, post-Christian era? Dr. Haley believes that in addressing those issues, the church must adopt a missional mindset. Christianity does hold the answers to the big questions of today's culture. Let's join Dr. Haley for today's edition of Christian Curious. New Year's resolutions are a hot topic this time of year. Out with the old and in with the new, people are aching for a fresh start, especially after the year we've had in 2020. However, many people are critics of those who make New Year's resolutions, and it makes sense. According to the U.S. News and World Report, the failure rate for New Year's resolutions is said to be about 80%, and most people lose their resolve by mid-February. So, what's the difference between a fickle resolution and a sustainable goal? You're listening to Christian Curious, the show where we openly discuss the most important issues facing Christianity today. My name is Hannah Greaser, and I serve as the administrative assistant to Dr. Haley Gray Scott, the show's beloved regular host at Denver Seminary. Today, I get to turn the tables and interview Dr. Haley about setting some long-term goals. And after you hear her bio, you'll hear why we wanted to interview her about setting long-term goals. Dr. Haley Gray Scott is an author and social researcher who focuses on issues related to the leadership or in related to leadership and spiritual formation. Her writing has appeared in several outlets, including Christianity Today, The Washington Post, Christian Education Journal, Real Clear Religion, Relevant, and Books and Culture. Her book, Dare Mighty Things, Mapping the Challenges of Leadership for Christian Women, explores the challenges facing female Christian leaders in ministry. She is currently the director of the Kaleo Project at Denver Seminary, a research program that helps equip churches to minister to young adults. She is currently at work on a book to report the project's findings. In her spare time, she loves to run and bake bread. She lives in Littleton, Colorado with her husband, Paul, and their two daughters, Ellie and Vivi. Haley, welcome to your show. <laughs> this is so fun. Thank, thank you for having me, Hannah. Yes, you know, you're normally in the studio with me, but you're in Texas right now. How is that? Um, it's going well. Uh, we came to Texas in order to, you know, manage the pandemic. And so my kids could focus on homeschooling. I could focus on writing and my husband could focus on building his business. So it just gives us more space to be able to, to roam out here. So we we're having fun out here and we're getting some stuff done. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, I'm very excited to interview you specifically today because, you know, I'm a young adult about a year and a half out of college. Um, you know, I have hopes applying to seminary. You wrote my letter of recommendation and I'm very inspired by your professional track record. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to start to pick your brain about where you are and how you or how you got to where you are and how you maintain such a hectic schedule um, is. Would you say your schedule is pretty hectic right now? You know, I am learning to pace myself because in my 20s and my 30s, I um, did have a very hectic schedule and I overworked myself. And so I'm learning how to pace myself. And a lot of that comes with strategic planning. If you do a lot of strategic planning and you plan for um, rest and you give your time space to reflect and meditate and do things that bring you joy, then you're actually able to accomplish more rather than just 
trying to get from activity to activity to activity. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I have some questions here just about that that long-term goal-setting process. Um, and I would love to hear, you know, what setting long-term goals looks like to you. Well, the first thing when it comes to setting long-term goals is, you know, really examining where you are and being honest about, okay, where is my life situation what are the things that I have, you know, like the gifts that I have? What are some of the assets that I have? Where um, am I in my life stage? And really be doing an honest evaluation about where you are. And once you have an, a good idea about where you are, then you can start to think about where do you want to go? What do you want to do with the giftedness that you have the talents that you have, the passions that you have, and where is it that you want to end up? What will you be grateful for at the end of your life? What is most important to you? What do you want to do with this life that God has given you? And so you can do that, understanding where you want to go. You can do this by, you know, if you have no idea, some people have no idea what where they want to go. And you know, you can do this by examining people who you admire, people who have accomplished things that you would like to accomplish, people whose passions are in alignment with you, and and get to know them. Ask them about, you know, what they love about what they do and how they got there. Hmm. And so that's the very beginning process of setting long-term goals, understanding where you are and understanding where you want um, to be. And then once you have that understanding, you go into strategic planning. What are the steps that you need to take to get from where you are to where you want to go? Hmm. That's great. And, um, it makes me feel, you know, even more blessed to be able to interview you. And I'm, I'm curious about your experience as, you know, say a 20 something, you know, somebody who's, who was just getting started out, um, how did you personally set long-term goals when you were young to get you where you are today? Well, you know, I, my goal has, you know, started way younger than that. I knew when I was um, very young that I wanted to be a writer because that was something that I did when I was very young. I started doing that um, when I was, you know, you know, before 10. And then by the time I was 15, I was working for the local newspaper as a reporter hmm. and I was running a school paper. And so I naturally followed my giftings and my passions and the things that I love to do. And then as I got to graduate school, undergrad, I started, I fell in love with academia hmm. and I fell in love with the academic world. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, I liked um, I thought that career it was a career path that offered stability, and it seemed to be a career path that impacted the lives of people in a really you know transitional age of life. So, as an undergrad, you um, you know undergrads are trying to search for who they are, who they want to become, and I wanted to be part of that. I wanted to have an impact in that, and so. 
you know, as a freshman in college, I said, okay, I want to write, yes, but I also want to be a professor. And so even, you know, at, you know, 18 years old, I decided that I wanted to be part of the academic world in some way. I mean, my vision at that time was to be an English professor. Um, And that has changed over time, but I'm still in the academic world. And so that's an example of how, you know, sometimes your goals don't end up exactly the way that you thought that they might. But, uh, yeah, I had that vision when I was very young. Right. It's it's cool to see how the root vision of what you had when you were young is still in place. It's just evolved and changed, or I guess developed over time. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and part of that is that, you know, life will throw you curveballs and you won't be able to anticipate those. And so you have to learn how to go, go with the flow and be receptive to the changes and yet still hold on to the core goal that you have, the core desire of your heart hmm. of what you want to do with your life, and no matter what the curveballs of life throw at you. Right. So speaking of curveballs, you know, you you've had this vision of kind of where you you wanted your life to go. Um, What were some of those challenges that were roadblocks in the way or even just a story of one big challenge that you had to learn how to navigate? I would say that when I set the goal of being a professor, I did not anticipate um, how much I would love my daughters and how much I wanted to spend time with them. And, you know, balancing career and family, one of the things that my generation was taught was that you can have everything. You can do it all. You can have the family. You can have the career. You can have everything. And that's something I believed for a very long time until I, until they put my daughter Ellie in my arms right after she was born and I realized yeah it's true you can have everything but you can't have everything all at once Hmm. you have to make priorities and you have to shift around your goals and part of my desire I actually did turn down a tenure track position um you know, which is like the unicorn. I mean, hardly any tenure track professorships show up in the world, but um, it was my perfect dream. It was a leadership professor job, and I turned it down because I wanted to spend more time with my daughters, and mm-hmm. I wanted to be there for them. And um, I didn't anticipate that when I was 18 years old. I had no idea how powerful um, experience it is to to be with your daughters, to be with your kids, and to to shape them into the type of people that are, you know, I always say that my daughters are my letters to a world I'm never going to see. And um, so to invest in them, I didn't didn't factor that into my goal planning when I was 18 years old. So that was one of the big challenges is how do you balance family and work life? Because, you know, I believe for so long, like I said, you can have everything, but the truth is, is you can't have everything all at once. You have to enjoy your stages of life and make the most of them and make the most of where you are and um, where you're at in life. Hmm. Wow. That, 
is so true. Um, and, you know, I, I wonder how that will affect me and my future, just motherhood and family. And, um, yeah, I think it's important to see um, stories of people who are doing it all, but have had to learn how to balance that, you know, so um, that's great. And I am curious, um, you know, just when I first came out of college, I had this degree in English and journalism, and I, you know, I, I wanted to go and use it. I wanted to go and write everything and make the world a better place, but I wasn't exactly sure where to start. And there was kind of this tension of knowing if I was doing enough or if I was doing too much. Um, and I think, you know, people who have a lot of dreams and are believers, you know, it that balance of having control, uh, but not having too much control is hard. So, you know, what would you say the balance is between stewarding that personal ambition while also letting go and, you know, letting God, as they say? Well, the first thing that I would say is that I have learned over the years that you have very little control. We think that we have control over our lives. We think that we have control over ourselves, you know. Um, in Hamilton, I always, I've watched Hamilton a million times, and Aaron Burr sings, um, I am the one thing in life I can control. And I, it's so funny because it's not funny, but it's um, profound because the truth is, is very, very few of us actually have control over ourselves at all times. And so that the idea of control is, um, is sort of a fallacy. And we can look at the world today and we can see how our lives are impacted by things that are way out of our control. For instance, the pandemic. Uh, we have no control over how the pandemic is going to affect our lives. All we have control over really is is how we how we respond to it. And, you know, so the idea of control is, you know, is a fallacy that we have to let go a little bit. But as far as, you know, you know, stewarding your own personal ambition and letting go and letting God is when a person is connected to God, when their ambition is in an alignment with God and his purposes, your personal ambition is actually a gift from God. Hmm. It's the energy you need to fulfill his purpose for your life. And so if you have your personal ambition and in alignment with God and His purpose for your life, then that's the energy and the driving force that's going to be able to help you achieve your goals. And, you know, letting go and letting God is, um, that happens, that comes into play whenever you hit challenges, whenever you hit roadblocks, whenever you experience failure, whenever you experience uh, disappointments. And, Letting God, you know, taking God's grace into a, into consideration whenever you're trying to um, to reach the goals that you set for yourself. Hmm. So what I'm hearing is that God is for our dreams. <laughs> like he, he God is for our dreams. Right. I mean, he created us. He gave us the gifts. He gave us the talents and he has a purpose for your life. 
Mm. And once you understand that, once you're confident in that, you can move forward in that and steward your time well so that you are using your time to fulfill his purposes. Mm. I love that. And going back to what you said about, you know, the letting go and letting God takes place when unexpected hurdles or disappointments um, come our way. How, you know, you touched a little bit on um, how to go about planning long-term goals, but can you talk more about, I guess, the, the strategy for doing that, knowing that, you know, unexpected things could come our way or X, Y, and Z? You know, I often think of this, um, I think it is a, I'm not exactly sure where, I, I believe it is an ancient Jewish um, story of the oak and the reed. And um, so the reed seems very weak. And, you know, right now I'm looking out the window of the room that I grew up in, and it's just filled with trees. And there used to be this towering century-old oak tree um, that stood sentinel at the very front of our property, and I love that tree. And I always drove past that tree, or I would look out my window at that tree, and I wanted to be like that tree. Mm -hmm. It seemed so strong to me, but as I grew older, I realized that it is much better to be like a reed who will bend in in the wind. And so this proverb that comes from um, Jewish tradition is the story of the oak and the reed, Hmm. where a great storm came and the oak, the towering oak, fell because of the winds. But because the reed was able to, to flow and be flexible, it was able to survive the winds. Hmm. And so I've tried to be like a reed where I am not, where I allow my circumstances to be flexible and I start to adapt. I pivot, I, you know, and still keep in mind my long-term goal, but pivot my approach to it. And so when you think about steps of strategic planning, that is going to um, to be affected by external circumstances that are out of your control. And so the most important thing for you and for anyone else that is trying to establish goals is to, to be flexible, to learn how to pivot, to learn how to adapt. And, you know, in the Kaleo project, we have noticed that the churches that have been most successful in reaching young adults are those who have been able to adapt quickly to changing circumstances. And that is one of the the best ways to be able to to reach your goals is to to have that flexibility. Hmm. That's so good. Um, You know, as everything is so, so changing and so from our perspective, unpredictable, I know that we can take confidence in the fact that God is constant. And, you know, I, I think humans, in a sense, we have a lot of fickle qualities too, but I think God puts something kind of constant in our personality and character. I don't know. I'm trying to, at this point in my life, understand what 
calling means, like what it means to have a calling. Um, So I'm curious if you could unpack that word and kind of talk about how one's calling relates to how they can choose and set long-term goals. Well, calling is the overarching purpose that God has placed on your life. And you can do that by inventory of understanding you know, understanding what you love, understanding what you're gifted at, understanding um, your talents, understanding where God has placed you, and understanding how your life circumstances inform um, your giftedness, and understanding, okay, you know, I have this, you know, you are very in touch with God and understanding what does he want you to do with your life? What does he want you to do with the time that he's given you on this earth? I mean, the Bible teaches us that man is but a but a breath. And our lives are, you know, in the overarching scheme of things, our lives are so short. And so we have a limited time on earth to live a meaningful life. And so that calling, being in touch with that calling, you know, God has placed us here in trusting that God has a specific purpose for you in your life, right where you are, right at this moment, and being in tune with that and understanding that. And the way you understand that is understanding who you are, where you came from, what your gifts are, what your talents are, and how you can impact the world with the things that he's given you, and also the opportunities that he's given you. I mean, because there have been so many times in my life where I thought that something was going to work out, and then the door slammed in my face. And I thought at the time, you know, you can be so discouraged when doors slam in your face and opportunities seem to dry up, but those dried-up opportunities from that springs forth new opportunities. And... You know, having an open mind and watching for God and watching for those opportunities to pop up in your life that you can actually start to think about, okay, what is my purpose here? Why am I here? What can I do with this short life that God has given me? Mm-hmm. Um, calling is also connected to vocation. And vocation is the actual career or job or occupation um, that is part of the calling. Um, one of the imp- most important things to note is that, you know, not everyone is is like me that started thinking about this when I was 18 years old and, you know, had all these long-term goals um, so, so early in life. And a lot of people have are older and, um, you know, even if you are older, even if you are, you know, a person who has found yourself not where you thought where you could be, um, you still have a calling on your life, and you still can find meaning in your vocation. Um, One of my favorite books is about calling and vocation is God at Work by Gene Edward Veith. And in that book, he talks about um, how even the bread maker can find, you know, meaning in their vocation. Because you're baking this bread for a family to nourish someone else. Or you can find meaning in whatever job that you have. You can find meaning and purpose and calling 
And all you have to do is watch for God and watch the opportunities that he brings your way. Watch the people that, that he's having you interact with. How can you make a difference? How can you make a difference where you are right now? Hmm. And so calling ultimately is God's purpose for your life. And you can find that at any time in any phase in your life. Doesn't matter what mistakes you've made in the past. Doesn't make a difference what um, the challenges you face. You still are a child of God. You have a purpose. And believing in that, watching for God, and understanding um, exactly how He wants you to live your life. Hmm. That is so good. I I really hope that resonated with people who are listening, that it encouraged them because it's true. There's um, such a divine purpose on all of our lives. And, um, you know, God's grace is immense. There's nothing that we can do to, to take that away when we come to him. And so I love that what you said that, you know, just when a door closes, it doesn't even necessarily mean that we did something wrong. <laughs> it just means that, um, you know, new opportunities are at stake and we can continue to set goals um, even when things maybe haven't gone the way we've planned in the past. Right. Because sometimes God says no. Mm-hmm. He you does. Know? He does. And he doesn't say no to, for your, you know, to, to put you down. He says no because he has something better in store for you. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Well, Haley, thank you so much for being with us today um, on your show. (laughs) Uh This is fun, flipping the script. Yeah, it is fun. (laughs) But, you know, everybody, thank you for listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Grace Scott and Hannah Greaser. Um, Be sure to check out the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm pretty sure we have Christian Curious up on most of the platforms now. Um, And if you have thoughts or questions, please reach out to Haley at Haley at HGScott.com. That is Haley, H-A-L-E-E at HGScott.com. Thank you and stay curious. Thank you for listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley. You can contact her with your comments or questions about today's show at her email, drhaley at christiancurious.org. That's D-R-H-A-L-E-E at christiancurious.org. You may also learn more by visiting the Christian Curious website, christiancurious.org. Join Dr. Haley again next week for Christian Curious on AM 670 KLTT.